This is the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. As always, from Edmonton, Alberta, I'm your host, John. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec is Kyle. Kyle, big battle of Alberta win. Fucking stoked. How are you doing, man? I mean, I'm stoked because of the win last night, but holy fuck, am I over my life right now? This Super Bowl weekend is destroying me at work. So I uh, I want this to be done. Super Bowl is obviously tonight right now. So uh, so yeah, I, I'm in a, a good mood, I guess, for the sports washing, but uh, but personally a little bit over overwork. Yeah. Look at you just being a party pooper as always. Hey? I'm sorry, man. But <laughs> but yeah, let's let's talk about the Oilers. I'm, I'm happy we got to have Brad back on again and uh, got to grind his gears this time instead of fucking him throwing it at us. So um, yeah, looking forward to, uh, to everybody being able to listen to that interview. Yeah, no, that's coming up right away. Everybody, we're going to, like Kyle said, we're going to have that interview with Brad, a little collaboration and and talk about that battle of Alberta, obviously. The other thing, I did record an interview with a bunch of the other Pacific guys. It is on our Patreon. It's like a Pacific roundtable. So you can check that out on the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon. Uh, I'm pretty sure you only have to donate like a dollar per month. So you can literally donate a dollar, listen to all the episodes on there. And if it's not for you, you could not donate anymore after the month. So anyways, you can do that if you'd like. I really enjoyed doing that episode. I think it turned out really well, getting those perspectives of all the different guys on the Pacific Division situation. But before we get into that interview with Brad, let's make some money. All right, guys, it's Super Bowl weekend right now. Obviously, if you aren't on our mybookie.ag list right now, you won't be betting on that. But in the future... There's another Battle of Alberta coming up. There's the playoffs in hockey coming up. We're so far into the season that you have to know what your team is capable at this point. If you head over to mybookie.ag, you can make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sportsbook to make bets on, like I said, that bowl game or future hockey games, they have everything. NBA, Premier League, NHL, obviously. I think even Formula One's on there. Like you can bet on everything. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together like John's been doing for a bigger payout. You can do multiple bets on one game. John won a bunch of money, over 100 bucks on the Oilers-Calgary game last night. Ended up betting the money line for the puck and also on the Oilers win. And you think he put 20 bucks down, one over 100. So congrats to him. And that could be you too. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get an extra $1,000 of free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code THPN to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code THPN to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. I got to correct you because that was hilarious what you said. But yeah, I bet on the puck line, the money line, and the over. So. Oh, did you? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't pass up an opportunity it, to trip you. No, no, not at all. Anyways, with that being said, let's get into that interview with Brad. We had a really good time recording with him. And like Kyle said, we threw some chirps his way and got under his skin a little bit. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Okay, Brad, we finally uh, we finally get to chirp you a little bit and have some bragging rights after Hockey Night in Canada's game. You're due. It's our fourth round table. It is. And we both we both have two blowouts now and two close games that the Flames both won. But I'd, I'd argue that that's a, the season series is a little closer than the 
the outcomes on either side suggest. Yeah. But I mean, we got to get right into it. Like that instance in the second period with a line brawl leading to a goalie fight. We're jumping right to that. I I think we have to, right? Like that's what the listeners want to hear about. I think I'm good. And they'll turn us off after they hear that part. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe we should, we should egg them on a little bit. (laughs) Tease them a little bit. I I was surprised. I, I was, I didn't, I don't know. I was not anticipating a big brawl like that. I wasn't. Were you guys? Not at like, not at that point in time, right? It kind of just happened. I, I it it was kind of bad that dive in chop that Gagne did on the glove of Talbot, right? I didn't think it was. John doesn't think so. I didn't. Well, I didn't think. We, I didn't uh, think it was like we recorded a, a Pacific Roundtable just for everybody earlier today. Where Kyle was at work, so it was just Brad and I from either of our podcasts, and then addition in addition to the. Canucks, Elijah, and Jordy from the Kings podcast. So we, we've already, we're going to reference that a little bit. But we should probably get that out of the way. You guys can find that on the Hockey Podcast Network Patreon. Um, I believe it's just like a dollar a month you need to donate. Is that correct, guys? One dollar a month and you'll be able to get all the um, exclusive different roundtables we do on the Hockey Podcast Network. And yeah, John and I and a couple of the Vancouver and LA guy did it this morning. We had a lot of fun, a lot of good Pacific Division talk and, uh, of course, there was quite a bit of Flames and uh, Oilers talk, so definitely check that out. Yeah, and ripping on the Canucks a little bit, too. We did. We did. We threw Elijah getting a bit cocky. And any money that comes <laughs> through Patreon as well is also shared evenly between all the podcast hosts. It doesn't go to our greedy corporate overload or overlord, sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, so you, low yeah. blows that he should have done. Just kidding, guys. But, uh, but yeah, if you want to support the podcasters just themselves, then uh, then you can go on to Patreon as well. You get the reward of extra podcasts. Um, but yet getting into the fight there, like, I really don't think that Gagne came in, like, attempting to injure Talbot, obviously, right? He just was taking a slash at the glove. But, but yeah, that blew up so fast, man. There was two skaters on top of Talbot, uh, as well as, or sorry, on top of Gagne, uh, as well as Talbot just, as well as Talbot, yeah, just yeah. throwing fucking blockers. I mean, as soon as Talbot started going out of the net, like, that was, of course, going to blow the fuck up. There's no way it wasn't. Well, I knew Smith wasn't going to stay still because Smith's... He was waiting for it. Yeah, he wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. He's all about that. I mean, he did it in Calgary, did it in in Arizona, and he's all about that, and that's fine. I kind of like that part of him. Um, I I was surprised that that was Smith's first goalie fight. Like, I know the last one was 2013, and there haven't really been any, obviously, since then recently. Well, he said in the interview that that was his first one, I think. Yeah. So, I think he's probably fought players and hit players before, but... Punch Luke each last year, right? Yeah. It was also sure. the first yeah. goalie fight of the Battle of Alberta ever, right? Which was insane that. to hear. Shocking. Like that is just shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look at how messy that rivalry got through the eighties and the different goalies got the teams had. Like you would think fear would have been in on one. I mean, I'm sure there was chippiness and fighting players or swinging at players or whatever, but yeah, not a goalie on goalie scrap. But getting back to the the Gagne thing, I mean this is one of the things that Brad alluded to that I said on the round table, but like, I kind of get it from both sides. Like Gagne went in there so close to the whistle where like he was already committed by the time the whistle went. And I don't think, you know, like I think he saw the puck is I, I think what happened. And I don't blame Talbot for being pissed off though, either where, you know, he's laying on his back and he gets a stick from the side in which he called a spear. I mean, I, speared I, I guess I don't like, think he was spearing at Talbot. He was spearing for the puck, but the puck was under Talbot. So 
the motion is kind of a spear. How the hell do they not call a penalty on that? Explain that one, though. Well, let's hypothetically say that nothing of the aftermath of that happened. It just ended right there. Yeah. I see plays like that happen at Sun, and they don't call that blatant of a jab, though. I mean, is he really like it, it? It all depends. Like, if it was after the whistle and it was blatant like that, but I, I still like I revert back to my main point. Like, I think Gagne saw the puck, and maybe he did. But I'm gonna, I, I'm going to throw something else out there though. If that was Zach Cassian jabbing in there like that, I guarantee he gets a two minute penalty. Guarantee he does. If that's Matthew Kachuk jabbing in at Smith, guarantee he gets a penalty. I mean, I think they should, but I feel like just off. You know, like my rec- recent recollection, maybe not quite to that degree, but there's a lot of times you see as the whistles going, guys go in and and tap their sticks, whether it's on top of the goalie's hand when he's covering it up, his glove hand, or in between his legs or whatever. And I feel like that very rarely gets called, like unless there's actually body contact on a on a goalie. I, I actually don't mind the skaters standing up for their goalie either in that situation, right? Like Lucic just did it a, a month and a half ago, two months ago for your team, right? Against Winnipeg where they came in and tried to slash it. Riddick. Right? That was Columbus. Yeah, was Columbus that came in. yeah. But that one was even less of a jab than, than Ganyu. And I'm not trying to overblow last night's one at all, just because it resulted in a huge fight. But um, one thing I was really surprised in that whole thing was, were you guys surprised that Darnell Nurse didn't grab somebody? Yes. I was like shocked. <laughs> I, I was actually... He was like the guy directing Yeah, traffic. he was the dude yeah, that was pointing at Dell and being like, hey, go fight our goalie. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, dude, seeing the photos of that afterwards. Just him standing like a fucking uh, like crossing guard, just pointing straight out, you know? like fucking. And th- the most impact Nurse had on that was when Gagne was going after Giordano, he was kind of holding Gio. Yeah, and that was really the only impact he, he had. Because like Magiapani was with Chase on and Talbot before Talbot went out to center ice. Yep. Bear was on Kachuk, Gagne and Giordano, and then Nurse, and there would have been another player on the ice. I believe I can't wasn't all that involved, just kind of extras. I it escalated very fast, and I was like, I was just I was shocked. I, I was I was what shocked. Do you, that what do you think would happen if they played? their last 24 seconds right after that. Do you think the next line is just full line roll no. right there? No. I think I think both teams put their skill guys out right away to make sure that mm-hmm. doesn't happen, to be honest. I don't think coaches are, unless it would have been Edmonton has the first one out. If Edmonton threw a bunch of goons out, so would have Calgary, but I don't think Tippett would have done that. All our skill guys are the guys that are fighting. Oh, <laughs> well, no, I mean the Monahans. And the <laughs> Monahans <laughs> fought, I guess, technically. <laughs> I mean, just don't put oh, Nugent yeah. there. Like, I, you put Goudreau out there and you'd put, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, put Goudreau and Yamamoto and let them fight next is what I want to see still. That's the only thing from this Battle of Alberta I'm still itching to see. What if, what if, let's go back, what if Tortorella was still coaching? And Well, what if what if Tortorella was one of the coaches and what if uh, Mike McTavish. Keenan, Mike Keenan or McTavish, yeah. We would have had a full-out brawl for sure. I would, I would like, what, what's your stupid mascot dog's name, Harvey? Harvey? Yeah, I'd like to see that tongue rip. Again, call that's for it, sure. Okay, wait a second here. I'm not defending mascots. What am I doing? We can't. We can't argue. <laughs> no, I. Hey, sorry, I know where you're going with that. You, just to end, like to defend you, our mascot's dumb as shit too, and it has nothing to do with Oilers. I'm just like, what does a dog have to do with fire, and what does a bobcat have to do with Oilers? Like, none of them are anything. But I mean, on that flip side, what does gritty have to do with a flyer? Like, none of them really make sense. They're dumb. All of them are dumb. So I got a question. 
Did the Riddick stick flip really bother you guys? No, I mean, I personally, but I team, loved though. how the team got yeah. fired up. Yeah. I also liked how fucking Smith flipped his stick when he went to go fight Talbot. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. It was something that I regret not talking about in the episode after that with Kyle, where we kind of just, it was such a good game, like that that Wednesday yeah. night game, yep. that we kind of just glazed over the overtime in the shootout mm-hmm. because I felt like it was an anticlimactic ending, and we both kind of just bitched about it ending in a shootout in general yeah. compared oh, to I'm actually what happened. I'm with but, I mean, I don't know. Did Brad, did you see the Oilers post-game interviews at all? I watched a couple of the Flames. Oh, last night? Or, yes. Yeah, I last saw, night. I saw Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl's still butthurt about the stick flip. He is. and But did you also see Smith where he started like, hey, I don't want to make headlines. Yeah. You know, I, I used to play with Riddick. And then he ends with, but what yeah. goes around comes around. And it's like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, you literally just downplayed that. And then you sent fighting words out right at you the know, end. Like, <laughs> like, I loved it in the fact that... um you know, everybody in, in hockey bitches because guys don't show emotions and show, you know, everybody's like, oh, I love P.K. Subban because he says it like it is and he's, you know, flamboyant or whatever. And then when a guy like Riddick does it, then people bitch about it. So I'm like, I, I'm confused. I don't mind that he did it. Like, actually, I don't at all. I just think it's hilarious how, how the hockey gods came through and just fucking, you know, they embarrassed did. them. Yeah. I said it in, earlier on in my podcast today, I said that I love it. I'm all for it. But the hockey gods did get us on it. And, and that happens. And honestly, like using my trying to use my reasonable brain here, that the stick flip thing is a hundred percent bias, right? I don't have an issue with the Oilers taking exception to it. Oh. They use that to fire up their team. But on the flip side, like you look at the Bautista bat flip way back, that's considered disrespectful. But anyone in Canada cheering for the Blue Jays, that's one of the best moments in sports yep. in the last twenty years. Yep. If you're a Texans fan, you probably fucking hate Jose Bautista over that. And it's oh, the yeah. same thing where it's like, if the roles are reversed and Koskinen or Smith did that after winning a shootout, every Oilers fan would be like, oh yeah, like look how fired up our goalie is for that win. Like, hell yeah. You know, you're on the other side of it and you're like, well, that's disrespectful. That fired us up, right? Yeah. So, you know, one thing it goes like, both ways. One thing last night that came up that I thought when, when the go right before the goalie fight, um, I said to myself, I'm like, oh, shit, don't go fight him because I don't want Smith to get tossed. Because, because, but not like we had a chance. It was The, the score was, I, I'm, I'm not stupid, the score was too far away to come back at that point. But all, well, was it though? Wasn't know. it like 4-2 at but, that point? Uh, no, it was 5-2, wasn't it? Was it 4-2? I can look at my notes here. 3, it was 6-3. Okay, so they were the 3. That was at the big so, goal. I, I'm like, okay. But my first thought was, oh, they're going to get tossed for sure because it's a secondary fight. And then I'm like, crap, I don't want Koskinen in because Koskinen's better than Smith because I've watched Smith so much that I know that he's good for some really, really freaking beach ballers. And I was just praying that we had a chance, you know, if he was in that we could get some, you know, some stupid thing or we could get a couple goals or whatever. But as soon as Koskinen came in, I'm like, oh, crap. I, I, I like the irony and you're more concerned about Smith getting the upgrade on the Oilers side compared to Riddick who had already been pulled in that game. Having to go back in. And you're not even slightly concerned about Riddick no, coming back in. It's all about, oh, it's Koskinen. And I Smith. wasn't because I knew Riddick <laughs> would come back in just fucking pissed. Well, I mean, he, he still let a couple softies in. That fucking shot over yeah. his shoulder was pretty brutal. He should have had that. Yeah. Just saying, you know, it's like... I don't think it mattered at that point. I mean, I hate to say it. I agree, I, I, but... I, but I, I just found it funny, like, in, 
if I tried to put myself in your shoes, I would have been more like, shit, we're putting a goalie back in that's probably pissed off. His confidence yeah, his is shaking, low. He already yeah. got yanked, and now he's getting thrown to the wolves in a 6-3 game. But here, here's my thing. Like, I get the secondary fight, yeah. but I always thought ejections with fighting, like, because this is kind of an atypical event, right? So off the top of my head, I always thought it was ejections from fighting when it was like the third man into a fight, right? Not anymore. That rule changed a couple of years ago. So now they have it. So if someone's fighting mm-hmm. already and then two other players start fighting in a separate fight, that second fight is gone. They're gone. I think that's that stupid. Is like so they're, dumb. they're trying they're trying to cut down on line brawls. Yep. Those guys are gone. And I mean, I don't mean to get on a big NHL rant because we seem to always do that, or I do that anyways, every on every podcast. But I feel like it's such garbage. Like, did you guys see the documentary Ice Guardians? Yeah, I've seen it on like Netflix. Maybe yeah. four or five years ago. When when they're comparing the stats of actual like concussions and head trauma that happens with fights and injuries in general, like it's like 90% hand injuries. So they make a rule that you have to keep your helmets on, increasing hand injuries. And now that brawl was not only Sports Center news. That was I saw that fight on the front page of Reddit. Not even in the sports section or anything. It was like the fifth thing down. So like it, it made yeah. world news. Like non-hockey fans are watching that brawl. You go to the NHL highlights on YouTube, none of it's even in there. You you could watch that whole highlight and you'd have no idea there was a line brawl and a goalie fight and all that stuff. And it's like I, I get it that it's like because I know the NHL is being sued right now by a bunch of ex-players They're protecting themselves. They are, but it's like you're. I, I just find it so stupid. Like I mean, the legality side of it, I get it, but promote your game, man. Like that's exciting. People, everybody wants to see that other than like the 2% of people that are like fighting's bad. If you know, here's the deal though. Um, you know, if the NHL and I'm not saying they're not worried about concussions, I don't mean to say that, but if they truly were really worried about concussions, they wouldn't have changed the rules back after the lockout and speeded the sped the game up so much. Where do you think people are getting hurt? Why do you think guys in NASCAR were getting killed? Because the cars kept going freaking faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And they were hitting the wall and dying. Well, in yeah. hockey, we change any interferences. We we speed we sped the game up tremendously after the lockout. Yeah. And we wonder, well, why the hell are so many guys getting hurt? Well, I don't know. Probably because they're 10 miles an hour faster coming across center ice getting yeah. drilled. Or defensemen, well, the, the top defenseman can't hold up the guy a little bit. And the defenseman on the boards is getting freaking run through the backboards. That's why we got concussions happening. Yeah. Not really that many concussions are coming off of two guys punching each other in the face, believe it or not. I I would say the, it's like the number one injury from hockey fights has got to be hand injuries from hitting helmets. And then after that is probably facial fractures and cuts and stuff like that. It's probably like, I think concussions are probably the least likely Unless somebody that stems hits from fights that actually happens. Going down or something. Yeah. Exactly. Like you hit your head when you're going down or I hate I hate to say it though, but if like the NHL market it like, you know, WW I don't want it to be like this, but um why do you think people watch the freaking UFC fights? Because it's violent as hell. Yeah. And people love <laughs> yeah. it. So why do you think we were a front page on everything sports or non-sports related today? Because people love drama and people love phys- physical violence. Yeah. That's like the what, what happened last night is the epitome of sports rivalry. Mm-hmm. And that's why and, and just emotions page. boiling over. Exactly. And like, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I get the whole legality thing of them getting sued, but 
it, it's like you're never going to get rid of fighting. You might as well embrace it as part of your game. And I, you know, as much as I get the legality, I don't get their marketing around it. Like, hey, I just want to roll back for a second, uh, but still talking about fighting there. You guys talked about earlier with the second pair of people coming in, how they get ejected. Is, is that why Smith and uh, Talbot were then thrown out? Because yes okay yeah because goalies can still fight like the first time yep. and they're good they have a player suit yeah. right okay okay huh crazy that's new this year a mm, couple years ago three years two three years ago um, secondary fight got two more things i gotta i gotta ask you guys because i know you guys probably want to rip me on these but i, I actually made a list you guys <laughs> oh, okay so, we're actually yeah. doing prep <laughs> no i just there's just a couple things it's like all right i gotta make sure i get their opinion on this Kachuk answering the bells. You gain a little respect or not gain? Okay, good. I knew Kyle yes. knew you would, and I know John knew it. All right, okay. I don't need to hash over that fight. I still, I still yeah, hate I, him. I think he's a punk ass. He's a rat bitch, fuck, but, I, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but I mean, you guys have to admit that you guys got everything you wanted that night. I was yeah. happy answering yeah. the bell. I was happy he even fought Bear. Like I, I was happy with him fighting, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. They both went back and forth. That was a great fight. Yeah. It did get overshadowed. Yeah, though, yeah, right? yeah. It would kind of. Went off camera for the majority of it. Smith and Talbot just stealing the thunder. (laughs) I found it really funny. Sorry, sticking with the goalie fights there before you move on to the next thing there, Brad. I found it so hilarious that Smith in his interview said that he saw Talbot throwing blockers and didn't like it. And I'm like, Smith's probably thrown blockers at a guy like 50 times in his career. Like like the, the hypocrisy there. And like, obviously I'm stoked and... That being said, I mean, I think Kyle would agree with me. Like, I, I'm also a fan of Talbot, right? Like, I obviously uh, hope I have he no does ill will poorly with you guys, yeah. but yeah. I always liked Cam, so I'm glad he was okay. I mean, I'm glad he got his ass kicked because it's he's a flame, but I'm also glad there wasn't any injuries. And honestly, good on Smith. Like, credit where credit is due. There, he he had a shot to yeah. l- light him up when he was on the ice, and he he didn't. So you know what though, I I got a credit to Cam Talbot. And I just did on Mike Smith too, because he could have let him up at the end and he didn't. But, you know, I, as Cam Talbot skating down there, the, the only thing I could think of was, oh God, here comes an ass. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And, 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 and Cam Talbot had to know that too, though, right? Oh, I think so. He probably knew. Yeah. He went in there well, to stand like, up for himself though. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like honestly, fucking respect I mean, to the guy, like going in there, knowing yeah. you're going against Smith. So I've, I've got a question for you guys about that. So Smith, they made it very clear on the broadcast when all the shit was going down. Smith went to center ice quite early, stopped right below the the red line to not get the penalty and leaned on his stick and was chatting at the Oilers bench. And he obviously had said like he was just getting a better view at the action. Right. But everybody knows like he's not going to come out and say it. Everyone knows he's challenging Talbot. That's the ultimate goalie code. So with goalie fights, if Talbot, for lack of a better term, doesn't answer that bell. Do you think he gets criticized there or oh, for sure. the majority of the fans saying, ah, you know what? He's a goalie. He has no obligation. to Oilers fight. fans would have crucified him. You guys would have been all over him, calling him every name in the book. If he wouldn't have went and fought. Guaranteed. If if he wouldn't have left his crease after defending his crease, because I really don't have an issue with goaltenders. Like even though throwing blockers are are dangerous, obviously, I really don't have a problem with them defending their crease. That is their area, and they can have their physical violence for that. As soon as he went behind mm-hmm. and started chasing around players, 
then yeah, you're going to go fucking answer the bell to Smith. If you don't, then you're a pussy. Like if you're going to ever go run around at players and not do it. But did you guys ever wonder when he went behind the net after whoever he was going after? Jeez, on, I believe Weren't you it. guys wondering like, why isn't Smith coming all the way down? No, because it's a penalty to cross center ice as a goalie, is it not? Does it matter at that point? I mean, not <laughs> really, but on the flip side, I think Smith is still looking where it's like, they don't want to blow this lead. Like, I think that's more of just a veteran move, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter at that point. And again, he also Maybe had nurse not. fucking yelling for him down there, telling Talbot to get out the center ice too. So, yeah, like that's because it's a, at the end of the day, like if Smith went all the way down and just dropped, like forced Talbot to drop the gloves, I think Smith would have got criticized mm-hmm. for that too, right? So, I think both goalies at the end of the day handled that like about as well as I a think everything kind of went as good as it could go. Yeah, like no injuries. Luckily, it was it was a wild like minute. If Kyle, did you see Jack or listen to Jack Michael's call on six thirty? I, I haven't. I have it actually like bookmarked on my Reddit feed just to do it. I retweeted it on Twitter, I believe, or commented on it. Anyways, check that out. Uh, I think SPR on Twitter, one of the Oilers guys tweeted it out. So if if anyone hasn't listened to that, it like genuinely gave me chills just knowing what happened and him walking through and getting so excited. <laughs> Making that call, it was awesome. So, one other question. Giordano hit on McDavid. Where do you guys stand? Uh, Did I open up a can of worms here? You're probably going to disagree with me. I don't think it was blatantly dirty. I thought it was a chicken shit fucking move, though. At the end of the day, he knows he's beat. He has two choices. He can turn around and skate his bag off. Or he can try and interfere with the best player in the world yeah, would have rather had him tackle McDavid. Like it's a safer play. Take the penalty. If you're already interfering with him. I don't think he was, I've seen a lot. I got to say, I've seen a lot of flames fans saying, Oh, he hits him with the shoulder first. No, I've seen screenshots of that knee or shin connecting with. It was his leg and hip coming out. Yeah. But he he stuck his leg up. It was his hip though too. I, I also thought it was bullshit after the McDavid documentary comes out oh, and he's no. on there. No, you got it. Like that's, that's, a, that's a factor. It literally came out the weekend before. And I know it was recorded way before, but Giordano is saying how bad he feels. And it's always scary when you might injure a player like that I believe and it. all that bullshit. And I, I gained respect for Gio going on there. And then the next game that happens. And I'm like, man, I lost all respect for you. You know what though? Like, I believe what Giordano is saying. And here's why. When you're in the heat of a moment and you're beat, you're doing whatever. You stick your ass out. Like he, whether it was McDavid or whoever's coming at him, like it's, you're, you're going on reaction there. You're, you're, it's instincts at that point. It's not, you're not thinking, oh, I got to get my rear end out here. It's like, boom, McDavid's like that fast. It's like instinctual. John, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I agree with Brad. Like I, I do think How that that, you? I do think that that should have been a two minute interference penalty. Absolutely. Yeah. But, Absolutely. but I, I don't no, think I, that I it was intentional. You know, I do think that the puck got chipped down the boards and he seen what happened and knew he was beat and fucking made a stupid reactionary play to it. But I really don't yep. think that there was ill intent there. I really do not think that. Um, but yeah, should have been given a penalty. I understand Absolutely. McDavid getting upset is considering it's to the same knee that it happened to have rehab. Sorry for the fucking entire off season. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's it. Like, it should have just been a penalty. Nothing. Yeah. I'm not saying that Gio deserves, like, a 10-game suspension or anything no, no, like that. I, like, I, I would have been fine with an interference penalty. And I understand it's reactionary. But at the end of the day, whether it's reactionary or not, sticking your leg out at someone blowing by you is a shitty play. So 
that that's where I'm at, right? I'm not saying that Gio is like a fucking hideously dirty player and he should be suspended for half the season or anything like that. And I don't even think it was necessarily intentional. It's just hard to. It sucks when it's your best player. It, it is, and it's it's hard for me to believe a guy that corner, you guys wouldn't even be talking about it for sure. No, I would have been like that should have been. An and too, John, with with the way that McDavid plays, like that is not the only time that's going to happen in his career. That is, oh no, so that'll happen again this year. He's that quick. Like guys. that's that's the issue. He's too fast, and defensemen can't turn around, pivot, and keep up to him. And it's it's a reactionary thing. Like that's literally your brain just making a snap reaction to what's and, happening. And maybe it's me being more mad at the refing yeah, in the it, league. Yeah, you should be that. That's enforcing that, right? Because the only thing that's going to actually like reduce the chance of that happening is calling those penalties. And if it if it was more time, I do think I like if if he had more time to react. Like I agree with you guys, it was a bang bang play. If he had more time to react and he still did that, I do think he should have got. Then suspended. yes, yeah. But I am with you on that. It was a bang bang play. Like I'm not saying the guy should get suspended. That, I mean, look at how McDavid in on Wednesday night's game. Look at how he split Hannafin and Hamannick on the in a, a fraction of a second. He was through both those guys, and neither one of them freaking knew what even happened. Mm-hmm. Early on in the game on, was it Wednesday night? I'm losing track of days here. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah. You know, I mean, McDavid's that fast. We talked about it earlier this morning. You know, when he gets the puck, no matter what team you're playing, every fan and player was is like, oh, shit, right? At the same time, as soon as he gains speed coming through the neutral zone, it's scary as hell. There's no other player in the league that does that like he does. And I think we're grooming a McDavid fan here. No, Kyle. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> speaking the truth though. Because, yeah. And you know what? There's going to be, he's going to get hit. He's going to get knees. He's going to get slashes because that is all that defensemen can do to contain yeah, him. But it comes back to what we've talked about too, John, with, with what Brad's saying, right? Those just need to be called as penalties when they happen, and then there's there's no argument. That's it. Like if a player wants to turn around and fucking you know um, water ski off of McDavid like Subban, then there should be a hooking penalty for it. That's it. They want to slash hand. That's it. Penalty. Trip them. Penalty. But like when it doesn't happen, it's frustrating as fuck. Yeah, it is, and it's the same thing. Like when the league really started cracking down on slashing penalties after Johnny's wrist got absolutely fucking mangled, right? Yeah, and it, it's like I, I'm not you know like I don't want McDavid to have preferential treatment. But it's like it's almost on the flip side right now, where like just so much shit goes uncalled against him. And I know I'm going to say yeah, like it's preferential here, treatment for the defenders because he's too good. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's really what it is. I know I probably sound like a whiny bitchy Oilers fan to a <laughs> lot of your sure, friends. I'll make sure the but, listeners tweet you on that. <laughs> yeah, feel free. The number one Lucic fan can tweet at me too. Jesus, <laughs> I think that's great. I love it. Waste another two hours of my life on Twitter. <laughs> I'm actually going to promote it on my podcast next time. Yeah, do it. You're yeah, I don't know. Do I have no problem, obviously. Like, I, I like guys engaging and stuff, but I did like this morning when I was sober. <laughs> I looked on our like Twitter feud last night and was like, yeah, I probably should have like settled down on some of the things <laughs> I said or like maybe not replied to every tweet that guy was blasting me with. I really don't care about the followers we have or whatever. Like, obviously, it's always nice to get followers and like more people interacting and stuff with you. Like, I'm not saying I don't care at all. Yeah, but too. if we lose followers, it's like, whatever. If people don't want to, you know, listen to what we're saying. That that's cool. That's their choice. But I did look this morning, and I think we lost like 18 followers or something last night after that like feud back and forth. So obviously, people were getting annoyed by me tweeting every like 45 seconds about that game. Every time I every time I tweet something, though, that guy 
either comments or likes or yeah. does something. We've got a couple of guys like that too, that are always like interacting with us and stuff, which is awesome. So shout out to everybody that's doing that. But, um, I do, we do have some things we want to talk about. We can't be, did go too easy on your Brad. And I, this first one, I know you're going to agree because we've kind of chatted about it before, but I, I need your opinion. If you don't mind elaborating, how is a game that physical and that rough and that much fighting and Lucic walks away with no penalty minutes. I'm not mad he didn't fight, but he's worthless in every aspect out there now. I mean, we brought him in for all he did the whole two games, last two games is flash dirty looks. That's all he's done. Uh, seriously, he was not a physical presence. He's not an offensive presence. He sucks defensively and he's not physical. And that's all we, we brought him in. Well, plus we wanted to get rid of Neil. We brought him in. And the only thing we asked of him was to just be a physical presence. And he's not even close to that. He's not even close to that. The Flames fans are figuring so it out. Right, yeah. Like slowly they're getting it together. You guys are starting to figure Neil out. Yeah. I mean, I think for the last yeah. like two months, we've kind of known that he's obviously not a five on five guy. Like he produces on the power play and that's about what he is. Like he's a, he's a below average third liner. That's really good on the power play. We both have bad signings that are limited resources. And all we ask is that they do what we, what we ask of them and Lucic is not doing that right now. And it's very, very frustrating. Like you said, like the production's not there, but it's not even that he's not scoring or not getting assists. Like, and he did this in Edmonton too. The play just dies on a stick, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's not even a guy like you look at, like you look at Cassian or Archibald and like, yeah, are those guys superstars? Like no way. But when they're not scoring, they're still cycling hard and, and moving the puck and like having a positive impact on the game without scoring. And the issue with Lucic is like he's not capable of doing that because his hands are so stony. He can't even keep with and the then, play because he's too slow. So he's he lumbers not along. physical yeah. and he's not fighting. He's not making an impact. And he's not intimidating. He's doing nothing positive for you whatsoever. He's that guy at seniors men's that just goes and eats a shit ton of wings and drinks a bunch of beer before your men's league game <laughs> and just can't even keep up with men's league. That, that, he just, he looks so, he lumbers so bad and he looks like he's so freaking slow that it's just painful and frustrating to watch. And he's had maybe two games this year where I'm like, all right, Lucic did, has done his job. And one of them was when he freaking KO'd the guy from Columbus and yeah. took the suspension. I was like, all right, people are going to think twice about spearing at our goalie. And Lucic yeah. will knock him on their ass. I was totally good at that. But he doesn't, he didn't do anything. The whole battle of Alberta, he has not, he's not done, not, he has done nothing. No, he had one game where I think he rubbed out Caleb Jones like three or four times on the four check. And it's like, okay, so you're literally picking the rookie to rub out. You're not mixing it up with any of the actual like tougher guys and sending a message to any of them. Michael Backlund was more physical last night. Yeah. Lucic was a non-existent. Like it was, and it's one of those things for you guys that it's like, if he doesn't become that physical monster in the playoffs, I, I don't know what you're going to do with him. Cause I know one of the things like someone had a really good point in Lucic's last year in Edmonton, where the way Lucic plays when he's effective, when now that he's getting to that age, it's practically impossible to do that for 82 games. Right. But on a playoff run, you expect that game in and game out. Cause that's when you've got a sacrifice, but with the way he's been so inconsistent for you guys and no, sorry, not even inconsistent. He's been consistently not doing that. And it's an outlier when he actually is physical and actually is a force Yep. that 
yeah, like if he doesn't turn that around and get fired up for the playoffs, I honestly like you can't buy him out. Seattle's not going to take him in any freaking way. They can't. He's got no move. Well, even if he waves it, they're not going to like, you'd have to attach a first round pick to that guy to even get Seattle. Oh, I'm sure you would, but I don't even know if Seattle takes it. No. So like you guys are, you can't buy him out. Like, and I, I'm not, you know, obviously wishing this. He has to be like LTIR retired basically. Well, exactly. I don't want anything to happen to his health, but like, that's literally your only hope is that he LTIR retires. And you at least get some cap relief year over year. (laughs) Like that, that's all like, you know. And I, I mean, I'm not even trying to be an asshole. Yeah, we're not trying to rip on. Like, funny. it actually just doesn't make sense. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it, it was, and not so much you, Brad, because I know you haven't been a big Lucic supporter right from the get-go. You haven't been impressed. But especially on, like, Twitter and Reddit, it was wild to me seeing all the Flames fans rationalize that in their own head of, like, oh, no, this is what Lucic does. And it's, like, you finally see, like, after last night, the Saturday night game, you finally see the masses being like, what the fuck do we have here? Like, like, what is this guy? A lot of fans were like, well, we're stuck with him. We better talk ourselves into believing that it's actually working. And to be fair, I did the same thing last year. So yeah, you I have mean, to, I think yeah. you do that as a fan, you know, just to, for sanity reasons. Um, but after you watch for so long, I mean, you can only hide from that shittiness for so long. And last night was just, the night where it just all culminated and it's not because he didn't go fight. It's just the fact that he's just ineffective in every aspect. And I mean, I would have loved to see him take a two minute interference call and catch Gagne coming across the middle and just, even if he didn't have the puck, just hit him and send a message or something. Something, you know what I mean? Obviously it's not really fine. I don't want that to happen, but yeah, I mean like if you're looking from an unbiased perspective, like I'd rather you do something, even if it's like immediately negative to your team, when you're down three goals or down four goals, at least try and fire the guys up. Like, do yeah. do something to have an impact. I, I mean, if you remember, too, the last time that we talked, you, Brad, were, like, adamant hoping for Lucic to do, like, exactly that, show up. Because it, we were talking about why does Kachuk even need to answer the bell, right? Like, he did his job before in that uh, the second game of the series, right? So, uh, yeah, like, you would, you would think that Lucic would come out there and stand up for his now teammates against his former teammates but still make Cassian question fighting Kachuk or, or whatever the situation at hand would be. But yeah, yeah. totally disappears, man. It, it's exact same situation that happened in Edmonton and, and towards the end of Los Angeles. He did the same thing with Los Angeles that he's doing with Edmonton. Now he wouldn't fucking I give think, them like a, a dirty look at all, man. It was, it was pathetic. I think Lucic believes that he's still the Lucic of eight years ago. I, I honestly, I do you guys, I, I believe in his mind, he thinks that he's a Lucic of eight years ago and that uh, it's all good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go the other way, Brad. I think this is obviously kind of an assumption and a bit of speculation, but I had the theory in his last year or two years in Edmonton, you could tell that that was a very unconfident and frustrated player. And to think like nobody here is going to convince me or anywhere else is going to convince me that the amount of money Lucic makes doesn't wear on him like you can tell that that like he's a player that doesn't believe in himself in my opinion like I don't think he he still thinks he's that physical monster I think he's old he's lost a step his hands have completely gone to shit because that was the unique thing about him right like you get big players like that that are boulders all over but 
Lucic with Boston and and with LA and arguably the first year in Edmonton actually had hands to finish. And that was the, the unique combination he had where now, like, I think he's just so down on himself and like, I don't think he believes in himself at all. And that's part of like, as a human, it makes me feel bad for him as on the other side, I mean, he's making $6 million a year, so I can't feel that bad I for mean, him. too, the locker room doesn't believe in him, so how can you believe in yourself, too, right? Like, not that they should have any reason to, but he's he's in a dark place, really, right? Like, I, I'm sure he's probably seen a sports psychologist about what he's going through. And and I know his wife is a personal trainer and stuff, and he even talked when he was in Edmonton. retire. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him honestly retire. Yeah. But I mean, again, like, why would he throw that money off the table? I think it would be an LTIR. Like that, that comes off the cap, but he keeps the money if that's the case. Yeah, but what are you gonna? Are you gonna make up an injury? It's not like it he hasn't happened be before in the NHL. And yeah. he has, he has that like uh, that that back injury or like that back condition. Like he could for sure find a doctor to say like, yeah, you shouldn't play hockey with that. In my opinion, I mean, in my unprofessional opinion, there that's just I, speculation. I I, that'll be an interesting one to see how that plays out over the next couple of years, but. Unfortunately, I'm probably going to be talking about it 24 <laughs> months from now. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's one of those things. So getting back to the game in general, away from the Lucic talk, because that was depressing. Uh, when you, they were talking after the game, and I think it was Spectre, the Sportsnet analyst, the main guy for the Oilers, was talking about walking into that locker room, and some of the players alluded to it as well. And how fired up the Oilers were, obviously, right? Where, like, you don't see locker rooms like that just from a win. Like, that was an emotional, inspired, shit-slamming, for lack of a better term. So you look at that, like, I think from an Oilers perspective, that's something that could start a role. On the other side, though, is it gut-check time for the Flames? Like, they're right in it as far as the Pacific Division. But that's got to be kind of a gut-check time. And also could be, if it if they interpret it the right way, could be huge inspiration. Like that could be a slap in the ass that they need. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could go both ways. I mean, I honestly, I, I believe that Calgary could win five in a row or lose five in a row. I believe Edmonton could win five more in a row and lose five in a row. I, this whole Pacific is so up in the air, you guys. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's, we talked about it you know, earlier today. There's, literally five teams that could win this division. I, I'd say Vancouver's a front runner just because of this recent run that they're on. But uh, I tell you what, I, 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 from Arizona to Vegas to Edmonton to Calgary, I mean, any one of us four could win this. And we all could, we call could fall out of this thing too. But definitely I think the momentum in the, and uh, what Edmonton took from last night's probably more likely to act as a positive and then Calgary's loss turns into a positive. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that that's, like I said, it's inspiring, right? I mean, you not trying to rub salt in the wound, but just being objective, like they, they it was domination, right? Like you, they were winning the fights. They were winning the physical battles. Like look at how fierce Edmonton's forecheck was and their skating. And then you add on the score to that. And I mean, is there a single category that you can say that like Calgary won the, the, you know, did they win any like sentimental Come on, battles? God, there I wasn't anything? this hard on you after we. No, I mean, and I'm not again. I'm not even trying to be an asshole because it's like I, I do. I do believe on the other side that it's like, and like Edmonton's been dominated like that before. I know it stings because it's the Battle of Alberta, but that is something that can also like. I wouldn't be surprised to see Calgary go on a tear after this because they're going to be pissed off. 
Well, we're going to need to because then we got San Jose on Tuesday, uh, which scares the hell out of me because we have a great tendency this year to lose to teams below us in the standings. And um, then we have Nashville, who's a team that's in desperation mode. And then we go to Vancouver next Saturday night. And uh, they're hot. That's that's as big of a rivalry as Edmonton in in a lot of people's minds from Calgary. So um, it's uh, a critical week here for the Flames. I, I'm still not aboard the Vancouver train, to be honest. I don't know what it is. I think I should be, but I'm not. Sorry, Kyle. To Colorado, go with what say? Brad said earlier there, too, with like the standings and how tight it is, right? There's only, what, 25 games left for most teams, 27 maybe for a few, but like. I think it's a little 20, more. Yeah, than okay. Not. But like, nonetheless, oh, really? getting Shit, to that point, right? Low, where with how tight we are, one team has a little five game slump or anything, you could basically be going out of the playoffs right there. Because once you get behind and you fall out, it's hard as hell to get back in. Well, and that's the thing, especially with like loser points. And you're going to see like, you know, even the teams above, you're getting to the point of the season where every team is scrounging for every point. So a lot of times you're going to be rooting for an Eastern Conference team against Vegas and Vegas is going to get a loser point. And, you know, it's just it's one step forward, two steps back a lot of the time if you find yourself five or more points out with this. We talked about it this morning with Vancouver, you know. Um, I know you're not totally on board with the Vancouver thing, and I'm probably a little bit more than I should be, but I think Vancouver's a great team, and I think they're going to win the the division. But I highly predict they get ousted in the first round simply because they're winning now in ways you can't win in the postseason. You can't win a 5-4 where you allow 38 shots and sneak one by because your goalie was really hot. You just can't do that in the playoffs. So. This team is going to have to figure out how to button down defensively or Vancouver is going to go out in five. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you, honestly. I'm not, I'm not convinced Vancouver is going to win the division, but I mean, as of right now, they're obviously favorites mm-hmm. by a very thin margin and they're hot as hell. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them win the division, but I'm completely with you. I don't think they went around. And I'd, I'd love to play them in the first round. I would. And they're, like all, they're like Calgary last year. I'll show we can score in and we're offensive wizards and we're freaking going to win games and we're going to put up five every yeah. night and we look like world beaters. And then when we get to the playoffs, we have to play a team and they button down on us and they get physical on us. And we've folded like a tent to Colorado and that's exactly what's going to happen. To Tampa was another prime example of yep. that last year too. Like I think Vancouver's easily the Tampa and Calgary of this year overachieving in the regular season and, and not, not, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it's just like, look at how many career years they're having. Like they were not expected to be here. And it's just like, whew, I don't, I just don't see them, you know, in the, in the same sense, they do have really good goaltending and anyone can make a cup run once you get in. Yeah. I just, I'll be betting money on whoever is playing the Canucks in the first yeah. round for sure. The thing is when we see a goalie take over in the playoffs and go on and take their team on a run, defensively, they'll let teams still holding teams to under 30 shots. For sure. The goalie's making the big saves. That's the difference. Yeah, they're making the timely big saves and the grade A chances. But the, and like, I, I'm a big guy where it's like, I don't even really care too much about shots. I care about high danger scoring chances, right? When like, and that's the thing with Vancouver, not only are they giving up a lot of shots, like, you know, they're not a team that gives up 35 shots, but they're all from the outside. Like they're giving up some high danger scoring chances. And it's like, how much pressure can you expect Markstrom to hold back? Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen forever. So anyways, it was there. I'm trying to think there had to be more on the battle of Alberta that I wanted to talk about. Sorry for being an asshole. (laughs) You know, I, it's funny is when we were getting pounded last night, I was just waiting for some messages and 
you didn't send them my way. And I'm like, okay, well, you gave me a couple early in the game, but a couple John of, got too drunk and but, started you know, battling with fucking number one Lucic fan. <laughs> I'm a sympathetic dude too. Like I remember, I know what it's like to lose to a rival well, and have people rub salt in the wounds. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to be too bad. Like you guys, I like, I believe in the hockey gods, you know? And like every time I talk shit about my team, it haunts me. And so I've kind of taken the approach like last year where he was like, how come you're not so high on the flames this year when we were like winning the Western conference? I'm like, uh, I'm afraid to be. Yeah. I'm afraid to be, but you know, like last night when we were just totally getting pumped, um, I, I was so angry at my team just on the way I felt like we had some passengers last night and, um, how do you not get up for a battle of Alberta game? And you saw it, you saw it right at the end of 2019 with the Oilers doing the same thing. And it's, there's nothing more frustrating as a fan. Cause it's like, like for instance, the Wednesday game, when we lost in a shootout, I was happy that was for that game. game. I was pissed that we lost to the Flames. It was a great game. And the Oilers came and they had effort and it was like, Hey, I like, what do you have to be mad about? Like, you don't, you're not going to win. We got a game. point out of it. But that's the thing is it, it there's nothing more frustrating as a fan than having a rival show up hard to a game and having your team lay an egg. Like there, there's nothing more frustrating. Yeah, it was, it was a frustrating night. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to our fifth battle in what is it? April 2nd or 4th yeah. or something. Yeah. Like right at the start of April, you know, I, I just got a feeling though that that game, I mean, we'll definitely get on and, and talk about it prior probably and post, but, um, I don't know, just with the where it is in the stand or the where it is in the schedule, I would doubt that it would mean that both of us, I mean, I would doubt that it would be important for both of both teams. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be important for one of us, but probably not both of us. So I would guess that if it's not important for both of us, it'll be a, a humdrum game. You know what I mean? Because there's not going to be any suspensions because it's the last game. So both teams are going to be walking on eggshells. I'd also see us not playing McDavid if we're comfortably in a playoff spot at that point too. Imagine if it's one outcome or the other, that it's a battle of Alberta playoff series. <laughs> and imagine both Flames and Oilers fans cheering for the, like what, what the one team to win. Well, just I so said, they can see a playoff I, series. <laughs> I said it earlier today though, as much as I want a battle of Alberta, I don't because if, if I could guarantee that we win, then I'm all in. But I'm scared to death of that series. And if the outcome didn't go my way, it would be just devastating. Oh man, you're getting shit talked for the next year, like nonstop. As much as I want to rip on you for having that take, Brad, I completely agree with you. <laughs> but it's like, I really want a battle of Alberta playoff series, but if the Oilers lose, I am going to be a hermit for like six months. I'm like, I'm not, I'm getting off social media. I'm not talking to any of my flames fans, friends. I'm done. Like <laughs> I hope that we, I hope we do me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm no, I'm so torn. I'm, I go back and forth. I contradict myself, but I mean, if we met, it would be so fun, but could you imagine how much even more fun it would be if it was in the second round? Yeah. Or even the and third, if one of us, my wild card wrote, if, if we could knock Vancouver out on the way, how great would that be? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, like I said, I'd love to play Vancouver first round. I know the unfortunate you, thing is I don't want to be not. the I don't want to be the this the first wildcard team to do it, right? Like yeah. I want to be higher and have home ice advantage, but yeah, yeah. Although <laughs> we pounded you in Edmonton and you pounded us in Calgary. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And and the Oilers like their penalty kills worse at home again, I think. And and we had that worst penalty kill of all time at home it's last the orange year. Jerseys. So 
it is, or the year before or whatever. Yeah, the orange jerseys or whatever. Stupid orange crush. I don't um, like <laughs> I like those dark blues though. You like, do? I, I, yeah, love them. Wow. I, sorry, and just to say, not so much on fans, but in the full kit on the ice. I, really like I, I still think that they should have just a little bit of white, just to highlight the oranges on them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, just a bit of white. Yeah, yeah. white. but but it does look better with the full kit, especially when Smith's wearing it with his new pads. They look fucking dirty. Yeah, I like the dark on dark look though for jerseys. Which jerseys, Flames jerseys, you like? Did they, have they had them as an alternate recently? The the horse with like oh, blowing out the fire. Come on, John, you lost all credibility on my podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say I I like the ones that are just like the Calgary riding across, like a horizontal Calgary. You liked that? Yeah, I did honestly. Yeah. Cal and I both have shitty opinions when it comes to jerseys. I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the Flames jerseys in general, to be honest with you. Yeah. I like their old like '05 homes where they first got the necktie. Um, the Black Sea and stuff. I thought those were nice jerseys, but okay. Now we're gonna be able to agree on this and to end this, and then we can go watch a Super Bowl. It's already three nothing. Uh, shitty or not shitty? <laughs> the Avalanche jersey for the stadium. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I gotta see them. You haven't seen these, John? Sorry, They're let the me grossest look fucking jersey that has ever. You've come never up. seen it, John? I'm sure I have. They're I like a reverse fucking about. flying V fucking Vancouver jersey. They're disgusting, dude. It's a, it's a, it's an a, a like, like the big A that's a white mountain? that then goes through the elbows. It's it looks yeah. like my four year old designed them in preschool. Seriously, yeah. They're the avalanche. Big uh, A. There you go. Fucking. Like, yeah. I don't hate them. You don't. Oh my god, John. You are. <laughs> you like John? Oh, I mean, I I wouldn't oh. buy one, but all right. I'm sicking about ten more Twitter guys after you tonight. <laughs> It looks ridiculous. What are you talking about? I don't know. Like, I'm looking... Like, okay, the one thing is, like, I see a picture of a fan wearing it, and they look stupid. But I see the one, like, the 2020 Stadium Series promo pick with, like, Makar, Landeskog, and Ratnan, I think. And, like, they they look kind of... I don't know, man. I I don't know. (laughs) Dude, it looks like they have fucking adult bibs around them. Like, they're about to go eat a bunch of ribs. Like... You know what? No, you know what it looks like. It looks like you asked your grandma for a hockey jersey for Christmas, and she couldn't afford it, so she sewed you one. <laughs> she knit you one. You know, the, while we're on the topic of jerseys, before we let you go, I'm I'm a big McKinnon fan. Like I, he's probably my like fourth or fifth favorite player in the league. And what were the Avalanche thirds? I don't think they still have them. The one with the C yeah, the triangle with the C in it. Yes, those. Yes, thank you. The triangle with the C. I'm I'm getting a McKinnon jersey like that when I save up some money. I think those are wicked those jerseys. Are nice. I really don't see the like one. Like I I think those are pretty similar to the ones you guys are hating on though. Like there's differences oh obviously, but I don't. I, don't I think see the relation bad. to it, but no, not at all, man. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Oh my. To me, what pisses me off the most is that the A goes into the neck. It honestly looks like a fucking bib to me. It looks stupid. It looks like they have a bib on. It looks like they're I, the baby I avalanche. agree with there where it's like, I think if there was like a two inch gap from the collar, it would look a lot better. I'll, I'll admit that. Okay, I'm starting to see it as I'm seeing more pictures. I I got to backtrack here. Those aren't. (laughs) You guys are crushing me. They are fucking hideous. (laughs) There is a there's a bright spot. Flames fans, we're done talking about the Battle of Alberta. (laughs) God, he's done ripping on me. I'm just glad we got the last laugh as far as like until this big gap. Well, no, for like the for like two months though. You know where it's like. The only thing I'm saying to myself is, no matter what happens the rest of the year, you still can't catch us in head to head points. So. 
It, yeah. That's, that's totally true, but with the loser point, we could still end up being just one point we gave you guys. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. But you are yeah, right. I know. Yeah. But you still, still, it could end up being pretty even, which is which would be cool. I would. You know, it's been fun being able to have these games condensed so we could talk and get into. The, but now it's going to be like, oh, now we don't <laughs> see the Oilers until April, so it's going to be like, crap, I miss now Brad. We don't, <laughs> we, we've talked to you four times, five times in the last like five weeks. Fourth time. Fourth time. Yeah. And yeah, we're not gonna. We'll have to do another Pacific Roundtable or something. Maybe we'll do another on that one, yeah. one or something. But yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of conversations before the season's over. So that's good. As always, Brad, it's been a pleasure. We will uh, we'll chat at you at the very like furthest away in a couple months. Sounds great. Looking forward to it, guys. See you soon, Brad. Okay, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Oil Country Podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate the support. As far as our schedule, we do release episodes every Monday and Thursday through the Hockey Podcast Network. You can search them up on any podcast app, SoundCloud, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, the whole nine yards. The other new exciting thing that's going to be happening in the next uh, about a week into February is we are getting our own individual feeds with the Hockey Podcast Network. So you can still continue to subscribe to the main feed and get 31 teams podcasts in addition to the extra ones with Terry Ryan, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you want to just listen to us, if that's you're just looking for your Oilers fix, you can look up the Oil Country podcast feed presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. That's the best way to get our episodes as early as possible and auto-download those to your device or stream them or whatever you want to do. After you guys listen to us, if you want to get in contact with us or give us any feedback, we would love if you could hit us up on Twitter at at OilCountryPod or you can leave us a text or a voicemail at 587-415-2894. You can also reach us at www.OilCountryPodcast.com. We are a little bit late with updating our archived episodes, so we're a little bit behind there. We know most people listen to a feed, so we're not super, super concerned there, but that is on our to-do list. But you can contact us through there. If you want to be a guest on our show, leave a question for us. You can contact us through that website, and it's got a little bit more information for you there as well. One of the things, if you are enjoying what you're hearing from us, the thing you can do that helps us out the absolute most, obviously sharing on social media, et cetera, et cetera. But if you leave us a review, I know some services don't let you leave that review, but I know if you're on iTunes or Google Play, anything like that, if you leave us a positive review, five-star review, if you are really liking us, that helps us with the charts and to gain more listeners and everything like that. And it would be very much appreciated. The one last thing that we're going to do before we leave you is we want to give a shout out to our personal partner, Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. If you go in there at any time, you can say THPN to your server and you'll get 10% off your bill. We are another exciting thing going on with Alley Cat. We are planning on recording a live episode at the end of the month when Kyle is in Edmonton. So we're going to do that on location Keep that in mind. We're going to, we'll get you guys more details and everything like that as we get a little bit closer to the date. But if anybody wants to come in and meet us or sit in on a live recording, you can definitely do that. And we are super stoked to have uh, maybe just a couple beers at Alley Cat and see what happens with the night. I'm having more than a couple for sure. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you guys on next episode. <laughs>